on the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute that millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bogeyman Golf Podcast. I'm delighted to say I am joined by Chris Courtnage, the head fitter and product trainer for Callaway Golf. Uh, we're here at Golf Ireland headquarters. Chris, you've talked to a bunch of PGA pros and myself through what Callaway are, are launched, have launched and are launching uh, across this year from the AI smoke range, from drivers, fairway woods, hybrids, irons and of course the putters we're going to focus a little bit on the the drivers and putters just for this one I'm, I'm definitely going to get into the woods and the irons at some point but how's the how's the last 48 hours been here for you how's the reception been from the irish pga professional circuit it, it's been nothing less than awesome um i haven't been back to ireland in about 10 years um so very excited when this came up on the schedule to to come over we didn't do it last year and i made sure first of all you know when we're putting together the schedule for uh, my training this year that i'd make sure i come over and uh, yeah we've had two great days here um fantastic venue lovely golf course range out there is awesome so we've been able to yeah really dive in and really go into all the new products introduce it all answer any questions so yeah i'll definitely be back next year 100 percent. so forewarning for people listening this is going to be a very detailed gear heavy podcast so if you're not <laughs> quite a gearhead um come back next week <laughs> it's basically, yeah we can get into the, the weeds here we can, we can yeah. do as much as you like for sure <laughs> so ai artificial intelligence this is um it's it's a big part of the branding and, and the marketing speak, but that's not necessarily just marketing talk from, from Callaway. You guys have been invested it with supercomputers and artificial intelligence for 15, 16 years mm -hmm. now at this point. How did that, that impetus begin or how did that kind of relationship with AI start? Well, it went all the way back to 2009, right? And I think it's just the, the guys at R&D, you know, it's a tip of the cap to those guys of having a look at where we can go, right? How can we make drivers go further? How can we make them more forgiving? How can we... Um, keep you know ball speeds and spin rates you know keep retention across the face right so that journey began yeah a long time ago you know we've we've sort of old hack at this now we've been around a few times the first driver was released in 2019 commercially an epic flash so just really building on that um, coming up with way more face iterations looking at strike even more uh, even now starting to look at real golfer data as well from fittings so just evolving the process and really it came from you know how can we make golf more fun really the core of everything that we talk about is enjoy the game have more fun so if we can do that with the Callaway product we're on to a win so with the with the AI, you, you were saying in the presentation that you had a, a supercomputer basically that started out with was a five thousand inputs that were put into it, and now you're up to um, like two hundred and fifty thousand unique swings that were were captured. Is is that all kind of computer? Or is that robot testing, or is that or, or how did that journey begin? Because I know now that you're saying that's two hundred and fifty unique swings, so that's actual real player data. Um, I guess there's a couple of questions in this, but is it robot data first or and now moved over to actual players? So it's historically it's been AI data. So it's been asking the supercomputer. So we've got over in Carlsbad at HQ. We go over and say, okay, based on golf ball being hit from this part of the driver face at this speed, at this path and everything, that's where those iterations come from. So 5,000 was in 2019. AI Smoke has uh, 50,000 iterations. So I used to think 5,000 was a huge number. 
now I look at it from 50,000 and think, okay, that's not, <laughs> that's not a lot, 5,000 right compared. So it's just generated more and more faces based on strikes. So what they did was take the 250,000 swings this year in Paradigm. So take data from tour players, they take it from the GC quad units that we use around the world. And then we start the process there. So it's okay, this is where balls are being hit from. Let's go to work and design those faces. And that's how they get to 50,000. So it's a, it's a hell of a process. The guys are busier than ever. So is the supercomputer. And all we're doing is asking it questions, just continually asking it questions on strike. What is going to happen to that golf ball? And how can we engineer it to help our golfers, real golfers coming from AI using real players? So ultimately when that product arrives and we go for all those iterations, everything we've discussed today, when we arrive with a physical product, how can we make it as forgiving as possible and keep that dispersion as tight as we can downrange? That's really the genesis of it all. So those, those 250,000 uh, unique swings and the 50,000 data points, that's all coming from every, everyone from your John Ram, Sam Burns, Andrew Shoffley's, all the way down to people at like what indoor bays and, and like top taster bays using GC quad information. So you've got everything to your 24 or 36 handicaps. Yeah, it's all, all from GC quads some foresight, foresight data, right? So they'll go in and they'll see an average swing speed or take data from that. We can map it out on the face where that golfer hit it from. Um, I was showing you guys earlier just in terms of the data we've taken from each one. So like average swing speed for uh, AS Mike Max driver that we tested. So we're really trying to focus in on those products without pigeonholing the golfers too much. But uh, yeah, that 250,000 swings is from yeah our top players our high, most high profile athletes all the way down to beginner golfers we're taking it from our from our units our actual fitting so uh, we can get more impact on sort of uh, strike from there we get more information exactly where it came out on the face and then we also run tests at our um, ecpc as well it's our ely callaway performance center in carlsbad we can then actually get you know, golfers actually on the range there and take the data from that as well as we do around the world as well so okay and so then did that dictate so the ai smoke paradigm ai smoke driver has come out in in four heads three faces um did those numbers then dictate the number of faces or heads that would come out or was it a case of there was three different products that you were trying to fit for three different types of groupings and it also didn't just happen that these numbers co-aligned yeah, in terms of the iterations of the face, you have 50,000 going through. Obviously, we've got, like you said, three faces on four heads. It's more individual to each each driver, right? So a lot of the data that we talk about is our what we call hero model, so like AI Smoke Max. It's divided equally among the heads, but really we're looking at the Max model, that hero model, or how we can get that, those iterations. So it's more of a case of this is the number we finally landed on when we're happy with what the driver does. So just happened to be 50,000 for this year. Um, I'm not sure if it's a a north style that r&d would use it'd be like look fifty thousand is our number it's more about how much data can we can we throw can at we this computer right, right? Now, um yeah. to be able to come out with that number so fifty thousand you know who, who knows what we'll be talking about next year sure. but fifty thousand was the work put in by r&d to get to that number so yeah tip of the hat to those guys they must be very busy in san diego <laughs> yeah so so as the supercomputer gets potentially more yeah. super we could be looking at 75 to 100,000 plus yeah who knows next year. who knows what's going to happen in the future right so as you mentioned, there are four heads that uh, four heads that are coming out. So the the max, the max D, the max fast, and the triple diamond. Mm -hmm. Could you give a breakdown to kind of who each of these heads would fit? Obviously, it's kind of it's, it's, it's an impossibility really to be like this is the head for X type of handicap player. But I guess if if someone's got a certain type of miss, I guess you could probably say that this is the type of head for them. Yeah, I, I kind of categorize them, and you know, doing some fittings here this afternoon, I'd look at strike, but really the the AI Smoke Max is our most popular model, I would say. I, I reckon 60, 65% of golfers will go into that. Okay. Super forgiving. Um, we've got the most adjustability with that, so you've got OptiFit on the hosel. You've also got the APW weight, which you can move the weight heel to toe. 
so very very forgiving driver that's going to be most of our golfers i would encourage anyone going into a fitting bay or going into a shop if they're going to try a new product try the max and then go from there the max d model we've got way more draw bias this year so that's why we've moved away from like paradigm x from last year and gone into max d because there is more draw bias that max d needs to be on there because it really is a draw product so we're seeing that turn even more so that's for your kind of shot shape corrector right-handed golfer if they're struggling with a left to right ball flight you know up in the air spinning and losing distance max d is perfect for them or even your golfers just want to hit a straight shot but they want to turn it over more than they can get with ai smoke max great driver there uh, your max fast is you know i'd say for your kind of speed challenge golfer so somebody who's got more of a moderate club head speed um, they want to enjoy the game more. They want to get the ball up in the air, get it spinning. Yeah. We even take the OptiFit out on that one. So we make that head even lighter. Okay. So it's even easier to turn over. So I sort of align that with our kind of game enjoyment driver. Sure. And then Triple Diamond's kind of the opposite of that, really. Triple Diamond is slightly smaller head. You know, we, we gear that for a you know, slightly faster club head speed or somebody who generates more spin, whether that's speed or path. Um, and then a little bit more accurate on the face. So having a slightly deeper face really does help kill the spin off. Uh, it launches slightly lower as well. We've seen that in the bay this afternoon. Um, so that really is your kind of better player, more versatile, looking to shape the ball, pick a target, work it off of that, not just grip and rip and be aggressive. Okay. More for your shapers. So we do see a lot more of those on tour, but also better players and people who just want to spin off the driver. So without, without pigeonholing too much, that's how we kind of categorize. If I was in a fitting right now, I'd be explaining it in that, in that environment. So the triple diamond head's a little bit smaller. Why is that uh, square footage that's a little bit smaller from the player's perspective, I guess, from anyone that wouldn't know or be as into the gear? Could you explain why that head be be would be smaller? Very simply, smaller head, lower spin. You know, we've got slightly deeper face as well, so we can get away with slightly higher and lower strikes on that. Obviously, you've got roll and bulge on a driver face. You've also got that kind of vertical gear effect where it knock out the way. If we get that face a little bit deeper, we can reduce spin rate by lower shots, but also just ultimately bringing that, uh, that spin rate down using a smaller head. It does look a lot smaller at address, but it does stand very proud off the ground. So, And then we engineer it spin-wise to just get the CG closer to the face, that drop spin. Obviously, you give up a little bit of MOI, but you can get that back by flipping the weights. So for me and you know our fitters, it's an absolute dream to work with. We even had it um, in the fitting bay this afternoon with the weights back. So we had the weight in the rear position, so heavier weight at the back. Um, very similar ball speeds to smoke max but we're seeing the ball go you know 130 feet in the air so we dropped it down to 110 by flipping the weights and the ball speed went up four miles an hour so okay. super versatile and the reason for going small is just to get that spin down for people who uh, who want to work the ball without spinning it too much but also we just need to overall get spin down it's definitely not like a just grip and rip get up in the air uh, sure. driver it's it's more for the for the players i say for the players <laughs> very nice not that i'd know anything about that <laughs> Um, one big t piece of technology that's been synonymous with Callaway for the last, we'll say, 10, 10 to 12 years has been jailbreak technology. Mm -hmm. That's now gone. That's gone and been replaced by this uh, new by this new face, or, or, or what's the methodology behind that? Uh, not a case of like a straight swap. Obviously, in the Max, we've got a weight underneath the face there, just trying to keep as much ball speed there as we can. Sure. Um, but we actually... Um, talking with R&D and having a, a chat with them about, you know, where jailbreak went. That was my first question when I was sort of, you know, sort of uh, presented with the new product yeah it was huge yeah absolutely um, like, yeah. That, that came in first with the was it the rogue series it was, yeah, the rogue, yeah um so like that that was really yeah. that was massively in innovative and that was that was huge for drivers it certainly was we actually found by putting jailbreak in this driver um just this iteration this aerosmith max we actually got no performance gains by using it right okay. so with the new smart face with a whole new chassis making it slightly lighter with the new weight behind the face no actual gains to be made there. So 
we're not saying it'll never come back, but for this iteration, for this driver, um, we'd actually found no benefit from it. We've got a really stable face here by more, using more discretionary weight in the head and being able to save weight in the middle, make it more forgiving, make it easier to launch and spin. We, we've got a great product there. So uh, jailbreak, not required this time around. That's very interesting. Mm. You spoke about the face there and, and the AI that's gone into it and the whole the, the marketing line is sweeter from every spot. From what, what from what I saw from the presentation, it looks like there's I think the term is like small little mini trampolines or smaller mm. sweet sweeter spots around the face. So obviously there's a sweet spot in the middle, but then I guess if you you miss a bit more than toward the heel, like low heel or high toe, there are mini trampolines or mini sweet spots there to to help kind of with correction or just not losing as much yardage and, and not spinning the golf ball as much or a bit more required. Could you explain that? I guess into into layman's terms for yeah. for the six to eighteen handicaps. <laughs> You've actually done a really good job yourself there. You I pretty much so. <laughs> you took it away there. Um, so really, what the the micro deflections do that I explained them this morning yeah, as I explained them as mini trampolines because it's just a little bit easier to digest. I think um, you know as much as I love talking about tech. Um, when I start talking about micro deflections on a face, I can see someone falling asleep right in front of me. So um, I use the trampolines uh, just as a kind of, you know, little springboards off the face, right? Um, right, the idea is to hit out of the middle, right? So we know we've got gains in the middle of the face, but there's a million things that can go wrong in a golf swing. I, I've experienced all of them over my career. Um, we, we plan for the middle, but we need to figure out what's going to happen if we don't hit the middle, right? Everyone's got to kind of go into a fitting. I say to people, oh, good shot, bad shot. You know, what do we like? What do we not like? What do we want to see more of or less of? always comes back to strike so we see different paths and different swings we look at different strike locations you get some golfers say look i miss on the heel i miss on the toe so the idea of the new uh, micro deflections is to create those sweet spots all over so that when that does happen we get more spin retention right we're not trying to um get anything to spike too much we don't want ball speed up down we don't want um, spin rate up down I, I call it boring golf we want the same every single time right sure. we don't want any fireworks out there unless it's birdies eagles stuff like that <laughs> but off the driver face if we do get a little trapped inside catch it out the toe we don't want dippy left shots we don't want high spinny right ones sure. so really you know more than ever now why do it in a fitting every day it's it's fairly bread and butter in a fitting but really paying attention to how someone misses the ball. And for me, my definition of a well-fit golf club is if you get everything right mm. and everything goes perfectly to plan, you look up and you're rewarded, right? That ball's heading exactly where you intended. Sure. But let's say one thing goes wrong, two things, any of those things can go wrong in a golf swing. The club that punishes you the least is the one that goes in the bag. And for me as a fitter, the fact that we've introduced this technology this year, for me, it just makes those miss hits way more forgiving. Okay. So I can actually help golfers even further. So a bit, a bit of a fitter's dream, the new, the new AI smart face there. So you're essentially trying to help people with it, having as good a bad shot as possible. Exactly. Just miss well. Just miss well. <laughs> That's good. Um, and so... And so on the graphics and on the, the marketing and advertising here, there's a lot of like uh, plus 12 yards gained, plus 11 yards gained on the toe and on the heel. That's in comparison to last year's paradigm model. So how, how, how does, is, is that all through the, those 250,000 swings that came through or, or how, how does that come about? So it's capturing that data, looking at paradigm, looking at um, all the swing data, looking at where strikers coming out. Like we said earlier, I was showing some data about you know the average path, the average attack. Mm. We're looking exactly where that ball's coming out of and go, okay, that needs addressing. Right? Okay. So again, those micro deflections are areas that we need to address the most on the face, I call sure. it. So then we're thinking, okay, if you hit paradigm from that spot and then we hit ASMOTE max from that spot, let's maximize the efficiency we can, but also retain as much as we can. So that really is born out of how do we take our arguably one of our best drivers ever. I mean, that carbon chassis and Paradigm last year and the flight through the bag with Paradigm, I mean, in terms of tour wins mm. and also our sort of, from our market, our 
sales numbers we've absolutely blown out the water so it's really okay how do we take that build on it and make it even more forgiving um so it, it really is born out how do we how do we get more out of less basically so you mentioned there that obviously the the paradigm driver was was incredibly successful eight major wins across mm -hmm. all the men's women's and seniors tours um over 40 wins across the tours it was a successful full year on tour and as you said a very successful year from a sales perspective how did tour players respond then when you go here's a new driver here's a technically you know a, an improved driver how, how do you go how do you get john ram to, to switch out from uh from winning the masters with that driver well I mean, it may be a, a boring answer but you get them to hit it <laughs> and you get them to you know call it their strikes you know we've seen a lot of videos a lot of stuff coming over working with tour players over here of getting them to hit shots from different spots of the face again we call it out and we've had a lot of players go well you know hit that one out the heel i would expect it way more spin yeah i would expect way more correction in terms of flight as in left to right for that right-handed golfer if we're reducing that then you know the, the data is there for themselves you know tour players are guys that want to get the best out of their equipment so if we can say look we had a great year with this product and yeah mm -hmm. we've got major winners in there we've got a load of tour wins if we can then turn around and go, okay, we've got an even better product, it's, it's very easy to show. And obviously, tour players will be tour players. They'll go out and play nine holes with it. They'll go, you know, get the new head. They'll take it out and they'll do their own testing separately and they'll see the results for themselves. But when you've got a product this strong, it's very easy to convert them. Um, so we're still going through that process now. You know, the guys are out in Dubai right now. Um, we've, you know, season's very much still getting going here. So, um, yeah, that's literally happening as we speak. Does everyone then, from the tour level, this is more of curiosity than anything, does everyone at the tour level play play triple diamonds? So like your Pablo Larath Abels, your John Ram, Sam Burns, Xander Shoffley, are they all in the triple diamonds or is, do you see much variation across the heads? I haven't got the full count yet for AI Smoke, but if we take Paradigm for example, absolutely not. It wasn't all triple diamond. It's almost all based on their strike location. It's all based on club head speed. Um, it was a nice, healthy mix. You know, obviously, Triple Diamond has a couple of different iterations as well. But I saw I saw some of our tour players using um, uh, Paradigm last year, standard model in the fairway wood. Fairway woods these days, we're seeing ball flight change quite a lot. They want to hit it high. They want to spin it. They want to sit it down. You know, these guys are hitting it a mile, so they don't really need to go after greens anymore. And if they do with a fairway wood, they want to sit that ball down. So we're seeing them loft up more and more. But yeah, definitely not just Triple Diamond. They, they mix it up a lot. We got guys out there right now on the DP World Tour testing the Max model and even Max D. So. We'll okay. see where they fall ultimately, but there are a couple of players even using our Max D model that play a little bit of a cut out there, and they're they're now actually experimenting with turning the ball over the other way just to see what happens. So, yeah, again, like we showed you with the strikes and everything, we we don't pigeonhole players too much, sure. um, and it ultimately comes down to what their golfer's looking for. Got a couple of different iterations for it on tour, but we're seeing guys like Adam Scott pick up the driver as well. So, um, but yeah, definitely not all triple diamond. No, we don't sort of say they have to play that model, but. Yeah, they like to mix it up out there. So then from, from drivers all the way then to the other end of the bag, putters, the AI1 and the AI1 milled face range of putters have just come out. Uh, they came out a few weeks ago and there's a new new range coming out or more models coming out in February. What was the what was the R&D behind this new range of putters coming out? Well, again, it really came from AI, right? So it's um, <clears throat> Tim Reed and the guys over in the US thinking, okay, well, you know, we've got that success in driver. You know, we've been launching drivers since 2019 and at that time, they thought, you know, how far in the back can we go with this? Yeah. Um, so putter all the way down, uh, got, got the treatment too, right? So how can we, using face iterations, data from strikes, uh, different thicknesses around the face, how can we keep as much ball speed consistency as possible, right? Most important thing with putting that we found with our tour players is the consistency in ball speed, hit to hit, right? It's not about any of the flashy numbers we talk about with driver. 
we're not bombing our putters we are just trying to get golf as closer to the hole sure so really that that sort of was born out of okay how can we apply ai to that can we use a technology we're using in driver can we ask the supercomputer to design putter faces for us and that's how we got the new inserts in ar1 ar1 build we're looking at um the sort of face to path of the ball we're looking at how they're um squaring up the face we're looking at how the ball's rolling you know a putt struck well is not going to have a lot of um backspin on it it's not going to have a lot of side spin we're looking for that end over end spin right sure. so we find that somebody leaving the ball short is usually spinning it too much and somebody hitting it quite long like over reading putts and blasting it way by they're probably using something that's not got enough toe flow for them so we uh, look at a few different things, metrics. We look at, you know, length of putter. We look at the loft, the lie. Um, we also look at the style of the neck, right? We've got three different necks in the Odyssey range. So it's, again, just getting the golfer to square it up. And, you know, you really learn from a golf ball when you're putting, you know, that end over end spin. So if anyone out there lines their golf ball up, we're looking for that end over end. So uh, a lot yeah. of people do see that now. A lot of our golf balls even now are starting to have more and more lines on them, like the triple track and um, the fade on the new golf ball on the ERC. We're starting to see now golfers learn a lot more. So all we're trying to do is get that ball rolling end over end to release right down that line. Uh, usually the first 34% of the putt we can usually tell sure. at the Odyssey Performance Center when we are looking at uh, fitting a putter. We're not really looking at how many they hold. We're looking at exactly how that ball is performing off the face. If it jumps and skids and starts wobbling around, we've not got lined up. We've got work to do. But if we're starting to see end over end spin and not a lot of influence on that ball, we're starting to see really good putts go in. Um, and then you, you throw in the new inserts on the new uh, putter face. And uh, yeah, you know, our marketing says and what we've tested, we can get 21% closer to the hole. So really the idea behind AI1, the whole genesis there is reduce three putts. Um, if we can do it for tour players uh, who three putt once every two rounds, if you imagine the average golfer out there, um, three putting quite a bit more. If we can start reducing those, lower scores, more fun. And so then for the difference between the, the AI1 and the face insert and the milled face, could you explain the, the difference in technology? What's the difference between the, the, the white hot insert face versus the milled face? Yeah, so the um, AI1, the standard model, that is, that's got our um, sort of polymer insert on the front, so it's our white hot. Got a bit of ribbing on it this year, so it looks slightly different, but it's the same material. Uh, what the guys in the US did was actually bond that to aluminium. So they found that it was actually quite soft and it was getting very soft feedback just having the insert there. Okay. So that's been bonded to aluminium and that is actually what you'll see the face thicknesses on there. So the Air One insert is the aluminium backing. And then we've got simply just a titanium insert. It's called Victory Champagne, which is a really Ooh, cool name, fancy. you know, just nice. throw that in the bag on the name alone. Um, but with that titanium insert, it's got slightly different um, deflections on the back. So slightly different lumps and bumps, basically. Uh, that's designed for the more traditional golf, where that is more of a titanium offering. There's no AI1 uh, window on that one. So the, other, the AI1 model, the blades and the mallets, you can actually see through and see the technology in the head. We liken it to like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. You want to be able to show golfers the work, right? So when you see the engine through that back of the window uh, of a Ferrari or something, it looks pretty cool. And if we can start to show golfers exactly how putter faces are designed, they're going to learn more. Um, they're going to love our product. This is the first time we've ever done anything like this. Nobody else has, but for us being the number one putter in the game, I think it's on us to, to keep experimenting with that and, and show the work. So, yeah, main difference in the two really is the, the materials in the inset and obviously the color and then just kind of who it's designed for, really. There's a lot of different models and, and different uh, faces in that, and I guess um, one of the, those models is the jail, Jailbird, which was made very, very popular off mm -hmm. of uh, Ricky Fowler and, <laughs> and uh, Wyndham Clark yeah. winning this year, or last year, I guess, technically. Um, how much does like that kind of popularity driven come in, go into what kind of heads and stuff like that you're going to develop? Well, or is, or is that a bit of an anomaly? 
I mean, picking on Jailbird, I can't tell you how many WhatsApps I got after Wyndham won the US Open and around the team, even our sales team, marketing, uh, everyone's like, where can I get one? Where can I get one? Ambassadors, everybody was like, okay, this thing works. Obviously, we had it quite a while ago now. Uh, I think more than 10 years ago, Jailbird was hugely popular. But uh, yeah, Wyndham getting the exact same spec as Ricky. I mean, that's that one's a bit of a sort of a bi-popular demand, I would say. Sure. I don't think Jailbird... That doesn't happen every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if, if we go back last year, we had the, the seven birds, so it's very similar, but we didn't have the lining on it, like the uh, the sort of the PVD Navy and, and the white, very similar to like Versa technology. Sure. So using that last year as an example, I mean, that's one of a sort of bi-popular demand. People want that putter, so it comes back. Um, and then we just look at our historically what our tour players like to use, what sells well, what people like to look at. So that's why you can see, even though we've cleaned it down to two models in AO1, AO1 milled, we still got a bunch of different shapes in there, right? We go all the way from, shapes, like, we go yeah. from the one all the way up to like a jailbird or a double, um, double wide, um, even two ball this year as well. So it's really, you know, paying attention to what our golfers like um, and the shapes they like to see, what works well. You know, we've got the data to back up exactly what heads work for what golfers. So keeping those in the line, you know, cleaning down to two, but then giving a bunch of different head and neck options sure. for us, for our fitting kits and me going into the studio, I've got a bunch of options to dial that golfer in. So really deep fitting kit this year. Uh, I asked this question about the drivers and so the same thing for the for the putters. Um, how, how do you turn around to your tour players, your John Rams, your Patrick Hantley's and go, this putter is going to get you closer to the hole and you need, you need to trust that. Is there a metric that you use with, with the players? Like, is it a, you you will, if you use this type of putter, you will three put less throughout the year and that translates into X number of wins or X number of dollars earned or saved. How, how do you go about it, kind of talking to the tour players and saying, this is why you need to use it? Well, the two main things this year they went after was strokes gain putting sure. and then dollar amount in wins on tour. So um, you saw in some of our videos today um, that players are losing quite a lot of money to three putts, right? And very simply, it's if you're um, you know shooting a higher score, you're not earning as much money, right? You're falling down the leaderboard. So very simply taking some of our high-profile athletes, figuring out using the new insert how many three putts they would have had versus what they did on the season. So someone who's got 23 three putts, if we can take them down to 12, then we figure out exactly how many points that was in terms of strokes gained. They can drop nine or ten spots in that list, which, you know, nobody, no golfer wants to see that. Yeah. But then also show them the dollar amount, you know. So if we turn onto a tour player and say you lost $2.5 million this year because of those three parts, sure. that's the quickest way to get someone to change. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> you show them, you know, how much is lost and be like, you could have got a new pool for that or a new, you know, <laughs> new extension on the house. As soon as you show them that number, they're going to start testing, and then it's up to them to go test. But yeah, we've we've seen some great turnover from from tour pros alike. You know, Sam Burns, those kind of guys putting it in, even before the end of last year. So. For sure. So um, for a little over a decade now, Odyssey has been the number one putter on tour this year, and for a couple of years, Callaway has been been up there and and as the number one driver on tour. Where do you want to go with those two brands now? Next, like what's the what's the ambition for for those two different product ranges? Well, we've got to keep building on it, right? We've got to we've got to defend that position, and we've got to keep building on it. So, keep experimenting, keep the supercomputer busy, make sure that we can hit longer, straighter drives. Golfers can have more fun, and let's get closer to the hole. So that's you know that's what I see from our Odyssey and sort of you know Metalwoods team. The most is yeah, let's let's make them forgiven as possible. Let's let's hit drives further than ever, drive for show, putt for dough, <laughs> pretty much. Okay. Um, and yeah, let, let's keep getting. You know, golfers closer to the hole when they're on the green, right? You know, we've got a lot of people who do struggle out there with three, four putts. There's a whole mental aspect to the game. If we can 
keep providing different models where they can line the ball up differently they can use different necks to get the most success out of it even the new stroke lab shaft is even helping to square the face up so just doing all we can to make sure golfers shoot lower scores um, and enjoy the game more you mentioned there put in for dough um, that it seems like that is absolutely the the the, um, the catalyst for getting players to make a switch or make a move can i talk quickly about the the new two new golf balls the range that have been been launched the chrome tour and chrome tour x um the the chrome soft and chrome soft x as a as a product line were were very very popular and something like john ram won, won with it this this year um why a new golf ball is probably the, the easiest <laughs> question why more golf balls i mean it's that pursuit of getting better and better right and you know in terms of market share we've got a great golf ball we want to grow that we want to grow our tour wins we're seeing it happen year on year we're growing and evolving and you know the chrome tour um, and the chrome tour x we call the new gold standard they're fantastic products it's an absolute step up in terms of r d and processing and design of the golf ball there's a few new updates to the ball in terms of the core the cover actually the, you know the softness of the cover as well so we're just trying to get the ball to get more distance and more consistency across the face off the long game and ultimately spin it more around the greens as well so the new chrome tour chrome tour x do that we've got a lot of data we've done a lot of testing and we, we come out in front every time so you know, definitely, um, you know, making huge strides. Obviously, we're going to carry over Chrome Soft. That three-piece ball is going to remain. But Chrome Tour, Chrome Tour X are really what's going to push us further in terms of all the new tech updates. Uh, a lot of things changing. reason for the new name is because we've, you know, even just from top-lining it there, I can think right now of eight new updates we've made to the golf ball. Mm-hmm. So reason for the new name and the new sort of direction uh, is to, you know, get as many tour wins as possible and capture as much market share. We believe we've got the best product and we want golfers to experience it themselves and test it. Um, maybe when the weather gets a little bit warmer <laughs> <laughs> and we've got a bit of daylight in the evenings as well. <laughs> this may be maybe uh, an uninformed question, but if there are this many updates to golf ball, why not? make those updates to the chrome soft good question yeah well i guess it comes down to what is new um you know if we're making so many updates come from a marketing point of view if you take an angle to that a great way to get someone's attention is you know update the box update the name you know that gold box really pops i know we've got some in the room it yeah. really does hop when you, you sit and looking against um sort of our competition we've got the only gold box on the shelf so um it's really about you know hey waving our hands putting our hands up saying hey we got something cool here pick me up go try me very nice because <laughs> uh, cause chrome soft you, like you're saying still still on still on the market still very very popular golf ball mm-hmm. um how difficult is like is the development of a golf ball for obviously you want as much spin around the greens for wedges and the likes of that but not too much spin for off the tee and, and the likes of that so how do you how do you marry that for 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 golfers and golf ball development well, the guys at uh, HQ in Boston, Sorry, the guys really are, <laughs> no, no, I'm an absolute golf ball nerd, so I love it. Any, anything to do with golf ball, I'm happy happy to talk about. Um, our, our guys over in the US, in, in Chicopee, um, where, you know, they're in Massachusetts, so they're just west of Boston there. Uh, their job is to design the ball that way. You know, we're looking at the core of the ball, we're looking at the inner and outer mantles of Chrome Tour and Chrome Tour X. We're looking at the cover formulation, so that when the ball is hit down on with a descending blow on a club with grooves, then it's spinning and we've got control. So we've got two different types of dimple on the ball. We've got our original hex dimples are on there. We've also got stabilization dimples as well. They're a bit more spherical. So looking over the ball, you'll see little clusters of that. Again, that's for stabilization in the wind. That's stabilization of spin and more consistency around the greens. But then, you know, we've got the you know the core of the golf ball, the engine. That's where the power comes from. So how can we get that as efficient as we can? So when it's hit with a driver, it goes a long way and it doesn't spin a lot. Obviously, on a driver, there's a lot less loft than there is a wedge. 
so we're not really hitting down on driver too much and you know creating you know 60 degrees of dynamic loft we're not in the same shot um, i'm sure it does happen but um not that i've seen um so yeah we're looking you know when it's hit with a you know lower lofted club a more bluff object let's get the most speed out of it and then when we're around the greens and we're in that scoring zone we call it let's get it to spin and get it to sit down and yeah guys that are in our sort of nasa qualified scientists that we've got over in boston I'll leave that to them to decide how to do that, but I get the finished products and um, and we see the results. So, yeah, it's a bit you know they're in their office there and they don't get the, the thanks for it, but uh, I'll, I'm to stand in a room of golf professionals and, and share the data, so I get the glory a little bit. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to the, the balance between the two. You know, spin where we want it, no spin where we don't. Very good. How involved are you then with like the the different PGA professionals in the different countries in terms of like getting feedback from them from boots on the ground? Is there is there a pathway or a conversation that happens between, with the PGA? Yeah, I go um, in terms of our pros. We get a lot in the performance center. You know, I see a lot of them. At, you know, we've shared the room with them for the last couple of days here. We've had some great guys come through here. I'll always talk to them about it. You know, we even top to bottom. How was the year for you? You know, my first question usually is when I meet up with some of our guys, even people we haven't met before, is how was the year? What was good? What was bad? Tell us. You know, I like to feed it back. Yeah. And I always pass it up the chain. Always talk to the guys in the US. Um, they're always keen to learn exactly what people are thinking. Sure. You know, our PGA pros are the guys that can tell us exactly how it is and how it performed. And they're on the front line talking to members and golfers. So mm. we rely on the feedback from those guys to tell us what works, what doesn't. It's completely different as well, territory-wise, what works in the UK versus what works in the US or India or Australia. So we've got a lot of geographics to take into account. Sure, yeah. um, so it's making everybody happy. So again, I pass that back to the guys and I'm like, hey, this is what they said. You know, Come back next year and give us something. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a huge part of it is taking that feedback. You know, we're obviously very lucky to have some of the best golfers in the world use Callaway products in terms of, let's say, golf ball. So we can ask them what they want from it. But sure. obviously, we've got your everyday golfer as well. So we want to make sure we're appealing to that market as well. All right. Well, hopefully next time I see you, I'll be hitting the golf ball further with my driver, more accurately with the golf ball, and closer to the hole with my putter. So there you go. no pressure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no pressure on, on either of us. I think. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I have no doubt you will. <laughs> thank, you, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk. No problem. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. On the tee, Jack Nicklaus. This is the minute. The millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory.